You're listening to My First with Brady Matthews. Uh, what's up, y'all? This is Brady Matthews, My First. Uh, my guest today is a longtime friend. How long have we known each other? Fucking 10 years now? Probably I, around 10 years. Yeah. I bring all my friends that I've known for like 10 years, and we don't know anything about each other. So today is the day. I know things about you. Yo, I know. I'm saying, like, I had Justine Marino on, uh-huh. and I was like, did we start comedy together? She's like, yeah, we did the first open mic together. And I was like, I don't know how the fuck you remember that. Well, a lot of comics are really self-important. They romanticize everything. And they're like, this is my eight-year stand-up birthday. Right. This is my birthday. Like, I don't know any of that, man. I don't even, I like, the only reason why I know how long I've been doing comedy is because I won the Uncle Clyde's comedy competition at the Ice House. Right. Ten years ago. I did that, too. Did you really? I got second. You won? I won it. I got second. Do you know who was on it with me? Do you know a guy named Ben Kronberg? No. He's a, a fucking hilarious comedian. Like, one of his best bits was, like, uh, he does, like, he reads off his little notepad, like, kind of like Gerard, mm-hmm. and when he used to do comedy. And uh, I haven't seen that guy in forever. I saw him today. You did? Where? At Air One. He looks great. Does he really? He looks amazing. He looks like he's 22. He looks younger than I remember. No shit. Because I, I saw him on the um, LeBron James roundtable thing. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. On HBO. So he brings all the guys in, like comedians and actors and all that shit. And they just talk shop. Okay. And I'm like, that's the fucking what best. What shop gig. are they talking? They're just in like a barber shop and someone's getting their hair done. And they're just talking. And they're just talking. So like a podcast in a barbershop with LeBron James. Correct. Because if LeBron James asks you to do, everyone does that. For sure. But I don't think Gerard said one word the whole time. And he's probably the funniest guy in the whole group. Probably. And they're just cracking up about the dumbest shit. Well, um, that's why he can't chime in. Because if, if they're cracking up over dumb shit and Gerard's fun, he's probably just like, I can't tell them how He's like, I can't talk about basketball. Yeah. Um, anyways, I was going to say Ben Kronberg, he has a bit where he said, um, he was like, knock, knock. And they're like, who's there? And he's like, 9-11. And then he goes, I thought you said you'd never forget. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> that's a great bit, right? So I, I always remembered that. And uh, I don't know what he's doing now. But uh, I think he's in New York doing something. Um, but yeah, I won that Uncle Clyde's comedy competition. And then... Uh, I had to go do the Seattle comedy competition, which I had no business doing because I was only like six months into comedy. Right. So I'm going up with like, like nothing, no material. So full of yourself because you want a bullshit contest. For sure. I got last place every single fucking night. Uh, it was brutal, brutal. Um, where did you start doing stand up? Just at the store, right? You went right to the store? I did a handful of open mics in college, but. I'm lazy and I knew I didn't want to have to be a student and do stand up. UCLA, right? No. Oh, where'd you go to college? I went to the University of Arizona for three years and then I transferred to the school called Marymount, New York City for two years. Oh, that's I cool. My degree. Okay. So I was doing some open mics in New York and then there was a point towards like my last year of school where I was like, okay, I'm going to do stand up when I finish college. But for now, I'm not really like I knew it was some sort of grind and right. a lot of work. And you're I like, I don't know if on. I'm ready for that. Yeah, I was like, let me just finish college and then hit the ground running. What did you um, What did you study? A lot of nonsense, but it, it landed on communication arts, which was a lot like media studies. Communication arts, that sounds technical. It's not. Do you find it hard to like, well, you don't really have to post a whole lot of shit because you probably have a team that does that now, right? For like your Instagram and stuff like that? or I recently stopped doing social media a it's couple just weeks so, ago. It's, it's, it, one, is draining. And mentally, it's hard for comedians because it's, it's hard not to kind of compare every once in a while to other people, right? Yeah, no, it's bad for you. I, I think the, I'm, firstly, I think I have like a phone addiction problem. I'm on my phone too much. Oh, yeah, me too. And it's beyond the phone, those apps are also built to be addictive. Totally. So I'm just like, this is bullshit. And then like, the premise of it is awful. Like if you look at Twitter, it's I'm going to write jokes for this company 
so I'm writing your content right. while you then show me ads and make money while I'm doing what, cause if no one tweeted, they wouldn't have, they'd be in trouble. Totally. And then also I'm at the point now where I'm like, I've been on Twitter like 10 years. Right. I've been doing Instagram stuff for a while. I don't have anything really to promote. And I'm just like, I'm not about to become Instagram famous. It's no. not going to happen for me. No so doubt. I, and, and Twitter isn't really even about being funny anymore. It's everyone's like really proud, self-righteous. Yeah, moral opinion of what of whatever. So it's not even fun in any way. So I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah, this is addictive. These companies are evil. I'm doing my best to step away when I can. I think that's a smart move because, uh, like, do you remember when um, <laughs> Instagram just went down and Facebook? Right. People were losing their shit, dude. And then I was sitting there going. Girls that thought they were Instagram models, what do you do now? Yeah. Where do you go? <laughs> you send Polaroids in the mail now? How's this work? You know, I don't hate on the game because it's like, look, if you have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers and you can monetize it or you have these rabid followers who want to hear from you every day, like I understand that, but I don't have that and so I don't want to be involved. And honestly, I encourage people, unless it's really a business making thing for you or really important to your life, step away for like a little bit. Totally. It'll, it'll kind of give you a perspective and immediately you just start noticing everyone's on their phones. Well, it's creepy too. Like would you ever go to, well, you, yeah, you go to auditions, but like I'll go to commercial auditions and you sit around, dude, everyone is on their phone. It's, it's creepy as fuck. I remember I used to bring like a book to auditions because mm -hmm. I'm old now and I used to bring a fucking book and be interested in a book. And then someone comes up to you, you start talking to them. Mm -hmm. Now, like we were talking about with, with Pauly, like at the comedy store and your phones and stuff like no one wants to interact with each other. Like if I see you, boom, I'm, I'll get off my phone. We'll talk. But if I see someone that I don't want to interact with, dude, I will pretend. Right. Then you say Polly did that. Well, we, right before we started recording, we were talking because I walked in with these big giant headphones that I wear because I like to listen to music or I want to have phone calls without getting. And it's comfortable. A, it's comfortable. I think I might be on the spectrum. I love the feeling of headphones on my head. Right. And so. Uh, <laughs> Fucking Jay-Z over here. And so, yeah. And so. We, yeah, He's always we, working on beats. I was saying how the things you do to get out of conversations because it'll help you out of conversations by wearing big head. I noticed that too. If you wear ear pods, people still be like, hey, a quarter, oh, blah, sure. blah, blah. But if you have the big headphones on, it's like a very visual indicator that I probably can't hear you. Leave me alone. Totally. I'll go for runs and people will stop me to ask if they'll like donate to something. I'm like, motherfucker, can't you see? I'm mean, have running clothes on. They do it a lot less. Homeless people don't bother you at all with big headphones. But what we were saying was, yeah, sorry. Polly will walk by a long line in front of the comedy store with people yeah. about to go in and pretend he's on a phone so he doesn't have to interact. That's, I mean, that's hilarious. That's what I did. And I told you to my neighbor and, uh, and it, the phone went because it thought it was recording. And so, yeah, I looked like a complete asshole. Okay. So this is the story I didn't tell you that I want to tell you. Okay, please. Which is off the story you just said. This is the first of for everything, which please. Okay. So there was a night at the comedy store and there's this really drunk dude and I'm in back. I got there early. It's maybe like I'm 30 minutes away from my set, but just sitting back there. And I play this game on my phone called Settlers of Catan because I'm a dork. Wow. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I've never I heard of it. It's really dork. Paul, oh, you ever heard of it? Settlers of Catan? Yeah, it's a dork okay, thing. I like it, Paul. Yeah. You, you fuck too much to know about those games. <laughs> That's Anyways, true. That's true. But sometimes it like I'm just in the back of the OR. I'm really comfortable watching comedy and playing this game on my phone. That's sure. kind of the vibe I get into. Um, and so there's a drunk guy and he's like loud and annoying and I'm watching and he gets kicked out. But then like getting kicked out, he's like ruining the show, yelling, being a dickhead. And so people like follow. He's like getting pulled out physically. Right. And so everyone's like, you know, the store when something 
Crazy is happening. Sure, everyone, everyone wants to watch. Everyone gravitates towards it. So then like the whole patio is full of, is full now watching, not from like the thing, but just patio lurkers are watching this guy like drunk and yelling at the security guards like, I'm going to call my lawyer. I'm going to beat you. Like, this just, was recent, wasn't it? This was like a few, six months ago. Okay. It was within a year, about a year. I'd say. Yeah. And so everyone's just watching like you do watch a drunk idiot yelling at the top of his lungs. They're getting him his credit card back because he had it in there, whatever he wants. And so then he gets on the phone. And he's like, I'm calling my lawyer. And then he's like having a conversation with his lawyer. And everyone in the patio can't see, but I'm standing like in the driveway by myself, literally still playing Catan in like a stoner daze, watching a maniac freak out while I'm playing this game with dorks on the internet. And then I can see from the angle that he's not really on the phone. I can see the dial pad right. while he's pretending to have this drunken conversation with his lawyer about how he's going to sue the comedy store. And so I'm playing my game and I passively look up and to the patio people, I go, uh, he's not even on his phone. Like I can see the <laughs> dial pad. And I don't even mean it. Like I literally say it at that energy level. And then the security guards were between him and all the people on the patio. <laughs> and I was just in the driveway, like thinking I'm safe. Right. Dude, this guy runs at me and he immediately goes to throw a punch. And then he he lands it. But as he's throwing the punch, he kind of trips. So it was more of like a, like gra a graze. He grazed my forehead. <laughs> I'm not joking. I kept playing Catan because I'm not like a fighter. I know I've heard you're yeah. like, you're a guy from Chicago. You yeah. have your stories, but like, I don't Got do a that. lot of fights. So I keep playing Catan and then I swear like um, 20 seconds go by and I'm like, wait a second. Did I just get punched? And then my man kicked in and I'm like, fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like all of a sudden, like my manhood kicked in, but it literally took me like 15 seconds. And what did they do with the guy afterwards? He was scared. Like, and I'm not a big guy and he was probably like, he had like inches on me. He wasn't big, but like he was drunk enough that if I was the kind of guy with what I consider my skill set to be, I probably could have taken him. Right. But it's like, I'm not about to just punch somebody. What about what? Did you play sports? But I also missed the moment. <laughs> I, I, right. So note to self, uh, when you're about to get punched, get off the fucking phone, get off the phone yeah, and, yeah. Hit, and hit back. Yeah. It was a good lesson where, where now I'm like, Oh, crazy person. Put yeah. your phone down. Yeah. Like, even if you think, like, you're safe. See, you, I mean, you're a regular at the store, like myself, and you deal with a lot of crazy fucking people. Yeah. Didn't you have a heckler recent, recently that you had to put down? I saw something like Jeff Scott taped it and put it on Facebook. He's He's gotten a lot of my silly stuff. Because there, there's some stuff I saw where I was like, you were just putting this person down, <laughs> like, slowly laying them down, just going, and then laying it, like, verbally just, and just, like, slowly... And so you just like put them right in the ground. I will say I have two stories that are great. Please give me one. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a short one. Great. And one is, is that one time there was this dude who got on stage and he wanted to kick my ass. I've had that. And three guys, Adam Ebay, who's a big guy, right. Josh Martin and an audience member right. had to pull this one guy off stage. Wow. And then that was when they, they hired security. Like, How big was this week. guy? He was my height, but he was probably 270 pounds. Like but he, he looked like, like he was jacked. on roids. Yeah, yeah. Like big head. Like if someone was like, he's on roids, I'd be like, absolutely. Like he was, it was fucking scary. See, isn't that scary? Okay. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. Go yeah. ahead. No, no, no. I was going to go right into the second Good, story. Give me the second story. Second story. Yeah. This is the one I think you saw. This was, I was a lot younger. And as you know, when I was a younger comic, I was a lot more aggressive. Yes. Yeah, I'm not like that anymore. Yeah, like potluck and shit. Yeah, I would. You I would, would just just destroy people. I'm a nicer guy now and right. a lot less stupid. Right. And so there's this one night I'll never forget. Leonard Robinson's up. Um, I'm about to go up. The light is on for Leonard. Right. So I'm like within a minute or two. This girl walks out of the OR, and this is back in the day before the comedy store is popular. There's literally probably ten people in the audience and maybe ten comics like that. Like not, and it's late night. Maybe not even that. Sure. 
And so this girl's drunk and she walks out of the back uh, of the original room towards the hallway and she immediately, and I'm not that good looking of a guy. I've literally never really done anything sexual at the, meh. I'm not one of the guys who's done like a lot of hooking up at the Olivia goes, store. meh. I'd love to know what meh is, but go ahead. But this girl grabs my hands and she's like, she's like, come take me. Like as if she just knew that at the time there's 80 different million dark corners to make out with someone. Right. She grabs my hands and just starts pulling me into the abyss of the comedy store. And I'm about to go up and I'm like, I'm about to go up. Like I can't. Like I don't, and I wasn't really into her, and I was just like, oh, I don't think this is okay. And right. Then, and then people start noticing, like Don's there, and like there's like a few like comedians around. They see what's going on. They all start <laughs> laughing, and they're like, "Go with her, Benj. Go with her." You know oh, what I mean? That's so funny. And I'm like, "I have the light. I have the light." Like it really mattered. And so I'm not joking. While she's pulling my hands, and all these comics are sort of laughing. Her boyfriend comes out of nowhere. No. Yes. Starts yelling at her and no joke, karate chops her. What? He literally hits her on the neck in a karate chop motion. I'm not joking. <laughs> what? She, he could probably really, really hurt her. Yeah. I feel like he'd done it before and maybe that's why it was a chop, but like he was, it was his way of being like, bitch, get in line. I don't know what it was. Obviously it's not cool to hit a woman. Did she stop? She stopped. They kind of start yelling, but now it's like all these comics are like, we all of a sudden have to like now guys want to beat this guy up. We just saw him hit a girl and now that situation's getting dealt with. Totally. And everyone's like, Hey bud, blah, blah, blah. And now, but everyone's like, well, clearly she's a disaster and he's a disaster. Like, right. And they're probably both wasted. Yeah. They're both wasted. But at the same time, like all of that's getting diffused and then boom, I get called up to the stage. Wow. So that's now I'm great. on stage. There are two of maybe five audience members, right? Which is the worst. She starts heckling me. Uh <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like you who just got hit, right? Was trying to make out with me five minutes ago on his way. Now you're heckling me, right? What a twisted fucking bitch. Yeah, and so then I'm just like, all right, let's. I, do I it. have everything to use against you, right? So I start going at her, and um, and then he starts getting mad at me too, and starts yelling back at me. I'm like, guys, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and then I I hit him where it hurts. I think I said something like. He was like, you want to step outside? And I was like, why? So you can sit in your Civic and watch me fuck your girlfriend? Because <laughs> it's like, what are you coming to me for? Your girlfriend yes. just tried to make out with me. And then she comes towards the stage, throws her glass at me, tries to is pulling what? on the microphone cord, trying to take it out of my hands. And like, yeah, Jeff got a lot of it on tape. Was and I, the, wait, this I was, had to take it down because I said a lot of not woke stuff to her. Well, also a lot of stuff too. If you you were just about to sell a TV show, that's kind of hard to. Yeah, it's better. There's no context anymore. So anything you say can it, be. You're fucked. Yeah. So yeah. I remember I did it. I put um, for Halloween 2006, I dressed up as Jesse Jackson. Right. And I used black makeup. Right. And put it on my face. Did it come back to you? Oh, for sure. I forgot that I put on my Instagram about, I don't know, seven years ago. It's way down at the bottom. I don't know. Probably someone like found two, it. This girl found it. She sent it to the comedy store. She sent it to comedy pop-up, and she sent it to like someone else to fuck to fuck me. Right. So I, I had to delete the picture right away. But I was like, dude, I'm, I'm nobody in the spectrum of other people. And I was like... People are vicious, dude. They will find anything. They just want to take you, you down. They, and and not that blackface is right, but it's within a, yeah. I, it was an impression I was doing for SNL. Yeah, and they used to do that stuff. Fred Armisen used to be Obama. Totally, I was, and that was like, dude, five I, years ago. I was doing an SNL. I was doing Jesse Jackson um, chopping onions. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it was hot in here. <laughs> yeah, you just you didn't know. <laughs> it was crying? different then. It was different then. And I'm not saying it's totally. right to do those jokes, but I am saying it, like like I said. SNL had a white guy being a black guy and no one cared. No, it wasn't a big deal. Like, remember when Richard Pryor said the N-word or the uh, Chevy Chase said the N-word to him and then Richard Pryor called him honky? Did you ever see that? No. 
do you see that Paul? Yeah. They're just sitting there and he's like, he's, so he's going to like hire Richard Pryor for like a job. And he's like, so they get into it and he's like, so what do you think of the word N word? Right. And he says the N word and then uh, Chevy Ch- or uh, Richard Pryor goes, what about honky? And then they go back and forth on, and he goes, honky, honky he goes N word, N word. There yeah. you go. Uh, yeah. But so. without context, that's bad. But with context, you know, it's funny. They get it. Right. But we, we don't have that anymore. So when you, so we, you, we, we have, we don't understand people's goodwill at all. Not at all. And with comedians, you know, and love, they can do jokes like that because you know, the goodwill is there and that they're not really racist, but we don't really live in that world anymore because there is a lot of racism and it's hard to tell. And now you just can't do that. But now it's, even, but to lose sight of that progression is I think the stupid part. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, did you have to take any content down when you guys were doing your show? Um, not really. I mean, I did. I looked at old tweets cause I, you know, I, I remember everyone's just getting in trouble at that time. And so I looked at old tweets, tried to delete as much stuff that I thought could get me in trouble. And yeah, yeah, I did do that. Um, cause it was okay. So you did your show. How long were you guys had your show for? It was about three years, right? It's hard to say, but we got two seasons, but the whole thing just, yeah, the development process. <gasps> yeah. Cause talk to me about years. that. Cause I know it's not the most, uh, entertaining thing in the whole world, but, uh, it's interesting to me. And I think the people that listen about how you even went about, uh, meeting the lonely Island guys. And then how did that all start? Like, cause I think that's so interesting. And at one, you're one of my good friends. And I think that's just so cool that you sold a fucking show. Thank you. One that, you know, how hard that is to do. It's impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. So it's only getting break harder. that down for me. How'd that work? Well, um, as you know, uh, the co-star of the show, Esther Pavitsky, uh, we're friends. And um, when we were young, we wanted to pitch something uh, together. Right. And Because uh, you guys were always busting each other's balls, even on stage. Yeah, we we're always just goofing off, hanging out. You guys are a good tag team. Yeah, we yeah. are. Yep. And so uh, we decided we wanted to make something because I, th- I don't want to speak for her, but I think we both had had experiences where we pitched something without anything to show what it is we are, at least I had had that. And that's tough because people nowadays definitely need to see something. Yeah. Or you'll just get, you'll just get a bunch of hots, you know, you'll get a bunch of, what's the term I'm looking for? Some bullshit that someone else thought of. They're going to blow smoke up your ass and be like, we love the idea. We're going to stay in touch. And then nothing. Yeah. So we were like, we need to make something that we can really stand by. And so we made a short film. Yeah. Did you submit it into any festivals? We did, but we didn't, we submitted to South by Southwest, but they didn't take it. Okay. So we made that short film and then, um, it took a while from the time we had finished the short film. It took us a year to get into meetings. Really? With networks. Wow. But we got a meeting. Most people didn't want to meet with us. We only met with four networks. We couldn't find anyone to help us pitch it. And literally the only company that would meet with us was the Lonely Islands company. It's called which Party is, Over Here. Which is great. And the, yeah, and they had the two coolest guys there. Um, was it uh, Kiva and, and whatever his name is? No, they Norma. have- well, They have the weirdest fucking names, those guys. They had two guys there at the time running their production company. Oh, okay. This, uh, so it wasn't those guys. Yeah, these guys, Billy and Jason, great guys. Cool. And um, and so, um, and this girl, Adrian, there as well. And so the three of them like loved our short, loved us. And they were like, we're going to help you. But we spent about a year trying to develop it. Well, trying to find someone else to pitch it with and which we did. We found this guy, Eben Russell is just an amazing writer and amazing uh, guy. And, and he sort of, cause we didn't really have any scripted writing experience. We're like, okay, well we're going to need someone like that. See, that's fucking incredible because that's, that's the hardest part is the, the script writing. Yeah, I think it, it definitely is. Eben was uh, such an important part of it. And in addition to like looking more credible, cause we had a guy like him, he, he it, it helps so much to have like a full blown writer adult. Did he write person. another stuff before this? Um, yeah, I'm sure a ton of shit, right? Um, not even really a ton of shit, but he's mostly just such an A plus guy. Yeah. Um, that 
that we just felt like he was our missing puzzle. Piece. Did he see it? And he was like, uh, I definitely want to be a part of this. Cause I know some people sometimes have seen like projects. I'll pitch them. They're like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. Uh, we'll be in touch and fucking never hear from ever again. Um, I think the video helped a lot. I, th- he was also friends with Esther and her current fiance. So I think that helped. I think they were like talking about it at a party and the, the, the video we put together or whatever you want to call it, the short film, I think is what really helped us. And that's what the lonely Island liked. And that's what Evan liked. And so right. for a while we were like, can we add stuff to our existing thing we shot to just make this a pilot? Cause it looked good. Yeah. And then we, for about a year, it took us t- a lot of time to realize that wasn't the case. And then we got into networks. We sold to every network we met with, which was really cool. That's awesome. Um, but this we, is, this we only is met a- with four, but right. yeah. So every or, network wanted to wanted to take it, huh? Wanted to give us a script deal, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's fucking awesome. Yeah, were you pretty nervous at first because you hadn't acted in a whole lot of shit in terms of like a big pro, like production like that? Because you know, lights, camera, action—it's on you. I was. I mean, I'm always good at like having confidence in ways that propel me to function in a way. Like, do you get nervous before you go on stage anymore? Sometimes depends on the circumstance. Like, if you have to headline and do like 60 minutes, I'm sure sometimes depending on. Like, have you ever gone on stage? Yeah. And, have you gone on stage and like the first 10 minutes, you're like, fuck my life. I've got 50 more minutes of this shit. Um, I haven't done that much headlining, but I'm sure if I had to like headline tonight, I'd be a little nervous just like getting my shit together. Yeah. Um, so you guys sold it. You guys, sh- you guys started shooting it. Um, how did you feel in terms of like when you first shot it? Do you think this was going to be a hit? Cause you did do another season, you know, that's awesome. Um, well, I'll give you the timeline. Because it, it kind of came in phases. So I, let's see, it was nine, it was 2004. So in two, in December of 2004, we finally had the short film done. Yeah. December of 2015, we finally met with networks. Wow. August of 2016, we shot the pilot. Yeah. And then it got picked up later that year. That's August 2016. So then we started writing the first season January of 2017. Right. And so how long? And that didn't come out until January of 2018. God, what a fucking process. So yeah, different. I, what to answer your, one of your previous questions or maybe both of them, it's that everything kind of came step by step. So after editing your own short film that you're starring in, I sort of studied myself a lot, my acting and all the things I was doing wrong. So that was a good, good step up to shoot the pilot. And then again, I had to edit the pilot and I was really involved in that. And then you're really watching yourself even more. Yeah. So there was sort of like a step-by-step process that I think got me to where I needed to be to the point where I didn't completely fall on my face. I was going to say, cause, um, like have you ever had auditions where you've gone and you completely ate a huge dick, huge dick. Cause I was talking to huge dicks at auditions (laughs) and I'm, I'm finally getting better at it, but I've eaten the hugest dicks. Like, Like, isn't it just, I was, I always bring this up though. Cause I was telling Adam Ray and I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, but like the whole audition process is absolutely ridiculous. It takes you about 45 minutes to find the fucking place. Then you get to check in with the gate guy and they're like, I don't see your fucking name. And then finally you get in there and then you're waiting with like 10 other people. And you're like, I know that guy, that guy's pretty good. He's been on TV. I've seen him in a commercial. And then you go in and they're like, all right, do you have any questions? And you're like, I don't fucking know. Maybe. Dude, it's impossible, especially after being on the other end of it and like looking at a bunch of people audition. This city is full of so many funny, talented actors. Sure. And it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter because you might not look right, but at the same time, there's a good chance that there's 15 other dudes auditioning and 10 of them are better than like everyone is so good. Yeah, I know. Everyone is so good. And the people that rise to the top, it's like, you must be, you are amazing and you have other skills. It's like, yeah, but it's your, so hard. But your show was so funny because it wasn't like in your face hilarious. It was just because you guys' interaction interaction with each other is so organic and so real because you guys grew up with each other. 
Um, I just loved seeing you guys billboards everywhere. I was like, that is so fucking cool. Yeah, it was You're, a wild experience. I mean, isn't that like, what is that like with your 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 mom and dad? Like, because I'm sure at one point they were like, so maybe you should sell some real estate or what do you think? That's all that happened. But yeah. wait, weren't, you were selling real estate for a hot I minute. Was, yeah, yeah. For yeah. a year I was a real estate agent. And then I got a writing job and I quit. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were super stoked and really excited that I was... Yeah. And my dad's Israeli and the show was on in Israel and there was like Israeli newspapers with my face. Like That's they were, insane. Everyone was so excited. Are you going to do comedy over there? There was a billboard with a swastika uh, on my forehead. But what? I, I didn't tell them about that. Because <laughs> that just ruins it for Jewish Did parents. you take a picture of it? No, but... And frame it? Rick Ingram tweeted it at me and it was just like, it was like... I think Esther had a Hitler mustache. I had a swastika. It was something. It was really hateful. I was just like, oh my God. I love it. Um, did you, so did you find it hard in terms of when you guys wrote for the show? Did you guys have to do a lot of rewrites and stuff like that? Cause that's going to be a pain in the ass when you have your baby and then people go, yeah, so do this, 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 this. Um, it takes an adjustment. I, I definitely, at first it was hard for me to deal with just because I think comedians, we sort of train ourselves to like write everything on our own. We know what we are. We, we know what we aren't. Right. And so it's hard, but at the same time, it's like you have to rely on writers and other people and get notes and all that. And it's a collaborative experience, at least the one that I had. Yeah. So I got better at, and also something I talk about a lot is like, I learned not to always trust my convictions. Right. Cause sometimes like, especially in editing where you're like, you're so self-conscious about your performance or what you look like. Right. Um, I'd find that like, I'd watch a scene and I'd look at all the footage and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so bad in the scene. Really? I don't know what I was thinking. See, that's like, terrifying Embarrassing. To me. And, but then I'll look at it two weeks later and I'll be like, oh, this so is fine. And then the opposite will happen. There'll be like a joke or a thing that I really like and everyone's like, yeah, we all like the other one more. And I'm like, well, I like this one or blah, blah. Like, I don't yell, but like, I'm like well, come on. I'm more <laughs> Jewy about it. I'm more like, well, I don't know. I thought you guys do that thing. Can we just maybe get this one shot to me? It's a little more like that. Passive aggressive Benji. Exactly. And then two weeks later, I'll be like, oh, everyone was right. I fucking hate <laughs> right. this thing. So I, so at first where you're like, I got to make sure this is me and I'm the blah, 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 blah. Like, I've learned to like lean out, let other people. And yeah, especially like, I remember we had a table read once where there was a joke I didn't write. And I was like, I don't really like this joke. But got a huge laugh at the table. <laughs> no and I was shit. like, I was like, you have to get used to the feeling of getting laughs off things. Someone else wrote, isn't it funny? Which you're not used to as a comic, right? It's funny. Sometimes when you're on stage and you'll do a new bit and you're like, this is not going to work. And then you throw a little something in there. And you're like, they laughed at that. Yeah. What did I do? I don't even remember what I did. Yeah. Or like when, like you ever try it. Well, so I got to record. Oh, totally. Um, totally. Like, do you ever, uh, have you ever like ripped on somebody in the crowd while you have, and then you're like, that's funny. I could use that as a bit. And then you go back to use it a bit and you fucking fall on your face. Yeah. Um, it's all in the moment, I guess. A lot of it can be in the moment, but you want to try to salvage stuff. And I once heard someone say like, try twice. If it doesn't work, never do it again. And I don't think that's true. Not at all. Oh, I think who said that Louis CK. I just, I don't want to say who said it, but I just disagree. <laughs> I think I have a lot of jokes that I'm like, I've done a bunch and then I finally get it. Like I have this one joke that I was really hard for me to work on. And now this is what I learned is that this joke that was not working for a while, it now works half the time. Right. And when it works, it works great. And when it doesn't work, it's weird. Right. And like, that's the balance of that joke is that I've gotten into a place where it works sometimes. Right. So it's not like my haymaker, but I still like it. And I think it's a good joke. And just cause it doesn't get a laugh every time. I don't care. Yeah. Um, do you, have you ever gone on stage, like completely bombed out of your mind? 
Dude, you know, I just bombed harder than I ever have in a while. Where? I did a, it's really funny because I'm always entertaining the idea of moving to New York to do comedy. I'm like, why am I in LA? I do comedy like two to three times a week and it's all I want to do. Like if I move to New York and I put the time in, I'll go up every night, blah, blah, blah. And I did this bar show in Bushwick, what? hip show, funny comics. Where's Bushwick? Oh, in Brooklyn. New York. Oh, Brooklyn. And I just bombed so bad in front of all these New York comics. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to go back to LA. I'm going back to LA. Everyone there knows me and understands totally. me. Totally. And, and, and I know this isn't who I really am. And, and I get spots at the comedy store. No and problem. everything's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, do your parents come to your shows at all? Um, I don't like them to. Yeah. My dad one, recently snuck in. Like I knew he was come. One time him and my sister snuck in and didn't tell me they were there. And I did great. And right. then I was like, okay, that's fine. And then my dad was going to do that again, but he did it in the main room at the store where I can see everybody. Totally. And my sister warned me and I bombed and I was so upset. Was it because my, he showed up? My dad's like older and foreign. Like he doesn't get my comedy. Like I don't, right. I don't need him at my show. I don't need my dad's not, like not getting me face there. Right. Um, yeah. My, my parents come. They're great. We have, they have a fucking great old time. I've met your mom. I don't know if I met your dad. Yeah. No, my, my but your, your parents seem like more like normal than. My parents are like, I don't know. I mean, you know what? Though? You where you grew up is a lot different, kind of from where I grew yeah, up. Yeah, your parents are like American Midwest, a little more, a little more hard, you know. But like, I loved one of your best jokes. You grew up with a maid. You had a fucking maid in yeah. the house. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, did he ever bang her? I wondered did Benji no. ever, did it ever cross your mind at all? No, it was more like a mom. <laughs> I mean, I watched, it's like being like, you grew up with your mom. Did you oh, ever fuck her? Oof. That's, I watched and then much, people would always so make that porn. joke. Watch so much fucking weird porn. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you're a baseball fan too, which is, I think I'm is so great. stoked right now, dude. Yeah. I love baseball. Dodgers look pretty good. Are you mad they missed out on Bryce Harper? I don't like the Dodgers anymore, even oh, though I'm from Los Angeles. I'm over it. You're a huge Dodgers fan. That's such bullshit. It is. And I just, I'm, I'm emotionally distancing myself from the Dodgers because <laughs> I think they're bullshit. Sports is so important to us. Why is that, dude? I'm like a diehard Chicago Bulls fan. I'm like, why are you trying to win right now? We need Zion Williamson. I want Zion. Do you understand? And we're trying to, and they're winning games. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, the best thing they came out with is a new Jumbotron. I'm like, go fuck yourself, dude. That's the best thing we're doing right now is a fucking Jumbotron. Getting heated. I'm sorry. I'm getting heated. Um, You're not dating anyone right now, huh? Are you a single guy? Do I do like internet dating here and there. Yeah, I'm pretty single. And I'm, I'm relatively happy. Sure. Or... I just need a like a dope ass girl. Otherwise, I don't. I'm not interested. It's like I just want someone really cool. And if I haven't earned that yet, then that's the case. But I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna. I mean, do you find it hard to to balance comedy and and like dating? Not really. And you know what I thought was great when I was single? I would take girls just at the comedy store, and that's our first date because you know everybody, right? right? I know everyone. And now you know that's such a bad idea. A hundred and ten percent. Dude, the funniest thing, one Never of, I, was, I was just telling a friend about this, which was one of the funniest things I've ever seen you do. <laughs> like one of my funniest Brady oh, moments great. is, we, it was, this was just a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Down the street from the comedy store is Saddle Ranch. Yeah. And Saddle Ranch is the cheesiest restaurant in America. They sure. had a reality show. The people who work there are like partially brain dead. And there's a mechanical bull. On the Sunset Strip, the tackiest part of one of the tackiest cities. It's the best place on the planet. And the food's not bad and it's open late. So you got if, food. Yeah. So if you're at the comedy store and you like need food, you just yeah. want to like walk somewhere close, like it's often your only option over the last decade that we've been there. <laughs> So I'm there. Which is sad. I'm sitting between Brady Matthews and Justin Martindale, our mutual friend, who's a very funny, like, gay guy, which is just part of the story just because. And I can't tell you why, but it is. And so 
behind Brady is like an obese woman on the mechanical bull. Yes. And Martindale is just like, Brady, you have to turn around and see this girl. She is so fat on the mechanical bull. It's ridiculous. She's about to die. And then Brady is so jaded by Hollywood that he's just like, not turning around. And we're like, dude, there's an obese woman on a mechanical bull. Like, it's visually exciting. And he's just like, I've seen, I'm not, dude. I've seen it. Yeah. And it's like, he's been on Sunset Strip so long yeah. that an obese tourist mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> on a mechanical bull, he won't even turn two inches. Yeah. I, I just thought that was a great, I don't great even, Brady story. I don't even flinch when I see like a normal person with like a little person. Like some, you know, you're like, you could find a normal person, but they're together and they're with a little person. That's totally fine. It's not my cup of tea, but I mean, you're going to, when I was first here, I was like, that's so weird. Right. That's so, now I'm like, I get it. I think we've seen it all out here. There is, is there any, we've seen everything. I've seen it all. Yeah, we've seen it all. It's so fucking. Was it Louie who had that joke about, um, where he's like on the subway and he hears like a, a cat meow? And he's like, all right, what crazy homeless person is making cat noises? <laughs> and then he turns and he sees it's a cat. And he's like, man, I've been in New York so long that I assume a cat noise is a crazy person. It's either a Louis joke or a dancing. See, you want to move to New York? Joke. There's no, I just don't think, I already, I already live basically, I live on the Sunset Strip and I see it fucking all. Like I had a guy that was taking a dump in my parking spot one night when I was coming <laughs> home from the comedy store. <laughs> And I honked at him. I go, hey, like a, like a dog. I go, shush. I go, shush. I go get out of here. You shushed a yeah, shitting I man. I go, get out of here. And my window wasn't open, but my sunroof was. So I go, get out of here. And he's like, I'm almost done, dude. I'm almost done. I go, I was like, I can't hit him. But so I just let him shit. And then I was like, well, clean it up, Duke. I clean up my dog's shit. And we're having this conversation Did he? about a normal person taking his shit. And he goes, I don't have any bags. So I gave him a plastic bag to clean his shit up. And then he left and I parked in my spot. Oh, did he get it all or was it like a... I didn't really look. I didn't want to look. I just wanted to go home. I think I had a bad spot that night. I was just like, of course, of course there's a guy taking a shit at my parking spot. That is so funny. Um, In terms of dating, what do you, what do you look at as like red flags? Cause I always like to ask people this all the time. What do I look at as red flags? Like what's a red flag on a first date? For Benji. If you do stand up comedy, that's a red flag. (laughs) Yeah. That's an easy one. Yeah. Um, I am now pretty scared of, uh, what's the nicest way to put this? Like bad breath. No, like I'm scared of like a girl who like might be bipolar or something just cause like I, I've gotten, I'm just scared of that. Sure. Stuff like that. Right. I'm scared of, have you ever dated a girl so hot or like had like a date with her and she was just so stupid? You ever had that? Or she had like a drinking yeah. problem? Yeah. Yes. What? Okay. Well, of no. Course, all here's the, time. the Well, here's the thing. Cause like I, when I was younger, I was dating this girl and I think I brought this up in one of my podcasts. She's like, I'll drive. I'll drive. And I'm like, all right, fucking drive. She had so blacked out <laughs> at dinner that she was falling asleep and like, like, like slurring around and like, and she's like, it's fine. It's fine. I'll drive. And I'm like, I'm so stupid. I was so young that I just got in the car with her. Uh, bad story, but that's fucking whatever. I've been robbed. I've been beaten up. You've been robbed? I've been robbed by a girl. I've been beaten up by a girl. You've been jumped? No, by a girl, no. No, I'm saying by In a- In general, no. Yeah, I'm saying if you've ever been jumped by girls, that's fucking hardcore. Were you hanging at the roller rink? <laughs> <laughs> I got jumped at Halloween once. 
and I was the, the, I dressed up as Larry Bird, and I had. It's the story of when you stab somebody. Yeah, I fucking had my fucking knife belt buckle, and I was going like this. I was just trying to stab anyone around me, and that's all I was doing. I was so wasted, and it was so slippery, and I was on the ground, and she took off in a cab, and I was fucking going like this, just trying to hit people as hard as I could. Is this like, within the statute of limitations? Like, can you go to jail for just a hundred percent? I think you're safe now, though, right? Can yes. You, can I mean, you stab someone? That was like 15 years ago, unless they're listening to this and they're like, motherfucker, dude. <laughs> Halloween, fucking 1998. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's see what else we got here. You've been in love before? You ever been in love? I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. How that? Did you guys? How long did you guys date for? Um, I feel like I've been in love, I don't know, two, maybe three times. I never have dated anyone longer than like a year, year and a half. Just because... Um, I think I've just fallen in love with maybe the wrong people. I don't know. Do you or find I, it's or hard, I wasn't ready or mature enough yet. Maybe do you find it's hard to find love here in LA? I'd imagine it's hard anywhere. I think, I think my life is just kind of weird and I have to accept that like I have a weird life with the choices I've made and there's just going to be trade-offs. And if I don't ever meet anybody like that, that'll be okay. What about, um, your brother's married, right? No, they're both not married. Oh, really? They have my one brother has kids, but he's not married. Uh, th- he does real estate too, right? Yeah. You said he's the good-looking brother. He's the good-looking brother. Yeah. <laughs> was it always like that growing up? Yeah. Really? He was the good-looking. So like, you had was, to be funny. He was like fucking models, and I was like this dorky kid listening <laughs> to ska. He was like driving a Bronco, listening to Wu Tang with a cool subwoofer, and That's, I was just the biggest dork. Dude, that was my my brother was the same way. Like yeah. they, my my brother and sister never wanted to hang out with me um, middle school and then like freshman year of high school. I was the biggest dork. But you're a good looking and athlete. You but no, I I you was weren't. just I was just I was just doing sports. I wasn't even like I wasn't trying to like bang chicks. And they were smoking weed at my parents' place. And like my parents had like a pool table in the garage. And I'd show up and be like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And like, get the fuck out of here. But that's all big sibling stuff. That's I mean, all. She's mine. my twin sister. Oh really? Yeah. But girls grow up faster. I guess. Yeah, that's why they don't need you around. I used to hit on her friends all the time, and I was like, "Fuck, that's you so cool. So hot. That's they didn't want you." No, but I remember I met her one friend. You didn't sleep with one of your sister's friends? In uh, high school in Chicago, yes. Okay, there you go. You got one. Yeah, but um, it's funny how you see people now than what you thought of them back in the day, right? I won't name the person, but she They're came, all Midwest fat moms now? She Yes, she came out, and um, she used to be so banging, dude, back in the day. So banging. She came out here. And uh, it was it was just not right. Like, just huge butt. And she's just like, she's like, Brady, oh my God, I can't believe your name's on the wall. And then she wanted to make out later that night. No. Yes. And we made out. Uh, but then she's like, let's go back to your place. And I'm like, nah, not feeling this. It felt like a sack of nickels in her <laughs> I butt. I love that Brady story where he's like building her up how gross she is. And he's like, and we made out. But yeah. like the throwaway is that they did make out, but she couldn't come over. You know most of my fucking crazy, stupid stories. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> do you find it like out here? Do you like when girls see your sets and then they come up to you afterwards and they're like, let's go hang out? <laughs> That doesn't happen to me that much. Really? I don't. You're so personable and you're such a, like a nice guy and you're good looking. I mean, it happens sometimes, but it's not like an all the time thing. I don't lurk after my set. I usually just kind of leave or don't pay attention. I'm, I'm a little socially awkward, I think. Sure. Well, what'd you do in like Chicago after you got done uh, on stage? I've never, I didn't, I don't, I didn't hook up with any girls that whole trip. Did you go get some good food anywhere? I love Chicago. It's the I best. Got, I ate a lot of great food. I love the people there. I would. I want to live there. I Don't you it, wish LA it's the best was city Chicago? in America? It's the best city in America. I totally agree. If there was a comedy store there, or just if it was a decent 
Like if there was a decent comedy situation for me there, I would be there. Yeah. I love it there. It is great. How do you like doing Zanies? Zanies is awesome. Probably like in terms of like cool old school comedy vibe, I think it's up there with the comedy store. Yeah. Like it, it's different. It's so small. It's like, but it was awesome. I loved it. That's who I saw um, Mitch Hedberg first time. Oh really? Yeah. And I was like, this guy, is this guy on wasted or like you, you thought it was just like an act, but it really wasn't an act. He was he actually not been wasted. I find like some guys pretend to or be maybe like they just, Or maybe they just got as they further in their career started getting into drugs. Maybe. I sometimes think it's a device. Like I look at guys like Dangerfield and like the twitches he had. I'm like, I don't think those are all real. Right. I think maybe, but he he was doing so much. Who else was I thinking that with other guys? Ron like, Turner. Oh, Norm. Or Norm. Or who's who? Norm McDonald. I oh. feel like sometimes he's like, you're like, is he drunk? Or maybe he is, but I feel like sometimes he's very nuanced and it might come across as some sort of inebriation, but I, I don't know if it always is um, who, or if it is. Who is it? Uh, Ron White. Oh, right. I don't know how that guy can go on stage and drink whiskey and smoke cigars. I love that guy. I love him too, but he I'm just so like, much like, how can you, I don't even know how you can do that. Like I have one cigarette and I'm buzzed out of my mind. Ugh, I can't touch a cigar. It's, oh, cigars I, are the worst. I'm like sick for a day. I'm, I turn green. Oh, like I've, I've been hung over from smoking cigars. Me too. I won't touch them. Uh, one of the worst hangovers of, uh, hangovers of my life is from a cigar. I just don't. And I smoke tobacco every day almost. Do you really? Oh, you smoke that little um, tobacco Spliff. pen? No, I put tobacco in my weed. You like the weed? I do. I smoke weed a lot. Like what's a lot? Like all day, every day? Yeah. All right. But here's the thing. It's a bad habit and I know maybe I'm throwing my life away. <laughs> but when I have something to do, I show up. Like if I get a writing job or an acting thing, it's yeah. like I don't fuck up. You know, so when it's I just like, I don't fuck up. I'm an adult. This is my life. I have nothing to do all day. I don't have a nine to five. I do comedy at night or I just don't do anything. It's like, yeah. I'm going to smoke weed. When I, I see, to do. when I saw you doing your show, you were like super skinny, super focused. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. I get dialed in. And so if there's no reason for me to be dialed in, I don't, I don't muster up the energy to not smoke weed all day. Cause you know what? You guys aren't worth it. Totally. That's not a, you guys listening, but sure. the world, I'm a misanthrope. That's yeah. Oh, good word. That's a word I just totally got a grasp of. Uh, who's, the, who's the best? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Ben's just peppering in fucking huge words I don't know. Great. <laughs> misanthrope. I'm like, oh, is that like a, is that like right next to like a Lululemon or where where is that? Sounds like that. Yeah. Come on into misanthrope. Get half off on sweatpants. Um, who's one of the biggest celebrities you worked with on your show that you, um, was, was it Mark Maron on there? No, Mark Maron wasn't on it. Well, there were so many. Carmen Electra was on it. Fran Drescher she, was on it. How does she look now? Carmen Electra is beautiful and one of the coolest, Still. Warmest, nicest people. She's Midwest, just like you. Nice, nice girl. Okay, we'll talk about that afterwards. Yeah. She's super hot. Yeah, she was like hot. my biggest celebrity crush back yeah. in the day. It was awesome to get her. I got yeah. We we had like a love scene and everything. Did you get what? Yeah. How's her body now? She's beautiful. She's beautiful all around. Did she wear a really lingerie nice. in bed and everything? In the scene, I think she may have had something like that, but nothing that, nothing too crazy. Um, who, if you could work with any big celebrity nowadays, who would it be? Um, Van Damme? Mm, just any celebrity? Like, what? what's the thing we're doing? For your show. who Who's if, a celebrity you wish I, you could have gotten for your, for, for Alone Together? Um, just like as a guest star? Yeah. Like, if I had to work with someone for one episode, who would I think would be fun? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Louis? Louis's cool. Uh, I love Fred Armisen. I love Bill Hader. Armisen's great. I love, I'm like, at the end of the day, I kind of had a realization recently. It's like, I'm a huge comedy fan. I oh, love yeah. comedy. It's hard for me to answer this question because I love so many comedians. What's a comedy show you're watching right now? 
Oh, I don't even know. Um, you know what I just watched that really blew me away is, um, and I hadn't seen it in like 20 years or some shit. It was, uh, the slums of Beverly Hills. Have you seen it recently? I haven't. Cause the star of that is now starring in that show, Russian doll, whichever was really popular. Uh-huh. So I started watching that and I was like, I want to watch slums of Beverly Hills again. It like is such like a definitive nineties indie film, like it's hard, funny jokes. Like I kept laughing out loud and I was like, I can't believe I'm laughing out loud. And like a really good depiction of Jews. Cause when I watch a lot of the way, like the way transparent does Jews, I'm like, no, this is a little much. Like right. I've never met these people. Totally. But when I see the slums of Beverly Hills, I'm like, okay, you guys got Jews. Well, did you know, see, I was watching, um, um, Harry and the Hendersons the other day. Uh-huh. You remember that movie with the guys? Yeah, the John Bigfoot, Lithgow. John Lithgow, the yeah, Bigfoot. Yeah, and I was like, I've, why don't they make movies like this anymore? They were so good back in the day. Like now, it's everything all, sucks. I don't even watch movies anymore. Same here. I, I watched so little. I haven't been in the movie theater and couldn't tell you the last time. Like I watched that. I went to, actually I went to the movie theater and saw the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga movie, and I didn't was even like, see that. Fucking shoot me in the face! You God, can't trust anybody dude. anymore. I, I feel like when I was growing up, or like at least until like ten years ago or something, when someone was like dude, you really have to see this movie. You'd right. be like, oh, okay, I yeah. will. And then you went and saw it and you're like, you were right, man. That was a great movie. And now someone will be like, dude, you really got to see Avengers 3. And I'm like, what? really? And they're like, trust me, dude. Yeah. Or whatever it Infinity is. Infinity War. Or whatever. Like, it, I don't give a fuck. And then I'm I'll go man. see it. And I'm like, I didn't have to see that. There was nothing about that worth my time. And now, because I don't mind PC culture, I swear to God, I don't. I really don't. But so much of... of Everything needs to have a message now and it like spoils it and it ruins it. And it's like, I'll watch like a nineties movie. That's just about like a boy and a girl falling in love. Right. And can we just remake roadhouse again, please? Can we just about a guy that's a, a fucking bouncer at a shitty bar yeah. and, ke- and keeps a, a knife in his boot and just kicks guys asses. And it's, I know. And it's like, I can't enjoy, I don't enjoy them anymore because it ruins it. I'm like, I don't need a message in a movie. That's like beyond something about love or this and that. Right. Like, I don't know. I know. I don't go to movies anymore at all. There's nothing I want to see. There's nothing that's coming out that I want to see. Like Green Book. I'm like, okay. I feel like this movie's been Didn't done. Didn't see it. Yeah. I was like, that movie's been done. It's called Driving Miss Daisies. Just different roles. I get it. Um, I don't know. What else was there? I just didn't really care. Even I didn't even care about the uh, Academy Awards. I didn't care. Comedy's dead. Yeah. It's like. But don't you think now when you say comedy's dead, like. It's Main even harder. It's, yeah, but I'm saying it's harder for comedians now because everyone thinks that they can be a part of the show. And then if you fucking cut them down, then they go on Twitter and they talk shit about you to everyone. You guys can't be part of the show because you're not comedians. Right. And also, comedians don't owe you anything. Totally. We're entertaining you. And that's that's it. Sorry. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Um, yeah, everyone thinks they can do it. That's reality TV. Everyone grew up on reality TV and it just it builds up these pedestrian people into thinking they can do something or that they're whatever matters that they can jump into a situation and be that. And you can't, I, but also everyone has their, like their two cents in terms of um, like when they'll see your show and they're like, like I remember I got one time or not one time, a million times where the headliner gets off and they're like, now he's funny. Right. And you're like, bro, I don't come to your work and you're a shitty doctor. And I'm like, so he's good. Yeah. He, he knows they how think to work. Their on opinion people. matters because if, because they know that they that you need the laughs and people are so petty that if they know that you need the laughs and, and they're allocating them as they see fit, yeah. almost like a voting thing, then they think it matters and it doesn't. You No one cares if you laugh or you don't like, of course, come have a good time and laugh. But like your, your power in that situation 
is disgusting. Totally. Have a good time or don't, don't make it a power move to tell us who you thought was funniest. Or they do the opposite. When you feature, they'll be like, you were better than the headliner. I'm like, oh, you mean my friend who yeah. brought me here and I love? I hate they, that shit. Thank you. Oh, now we're buds because you put my friend down? Yeah, and what? yeah. what are you, a soccer mom? I don't need you to fucking give me fucking orange slices during the show. Like, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't need you to come to me and pat me on the shoulder and be like, you should have headlined. Yeah. You were good. I'm like, bitch, I just did 15 minutes. This guy just did 45. Like, do you know how hard that is? Everybody is just, how do I put this? Out of their motherfucking minds now? Everyone just thinks that they matter and they, they and they like, it's misanthrope. Misanthrope. <laughs> Whatever. I, I uh, heard this lyric recently and he called it like, <laughs> you're showboating out of the exit poll. And it's like, just because you're another person on a poll, whether you get to vote for this or vote for that, decide with your dollar. Like you get to showboat it on Twitter or however you see fit, but like you don't matter. Like look around this country. It couldn't make any clear to you that you don't. That'd be funny if you go to a strip club and you're like, no, you were good. She was not so good. Who's that? Is that me? Oh, that's me. What oh, is time's that? done. Time's done? Yeah. Cookies are done. Um, I had all these questions as always, and I never fucking Rapid get fire. to them. Go. Um, okay. First celebrity crush. Um... Remember that like Victoria Silvestet lady? Maybe Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. I like that. Pamela Anderson, Julia Roberts, Jenny really? Julia Roberts, yeah. Because a Pretty Woman, my sisters used to watch it, and like I was like, "Who's this hot hooker?" I want to be Richard Gere, but I I found out that you can't have gray hair and be like thirty five and broke. Like you have to be Richard Gere and or George Clooney, and that's the way it works. Okay. Okay. Last one. Here we go. Any movie that you could be in? Any movie that was already made? Yeah. I said Roadhouse. Because um, it's not always say Roadhouse. Um, I saw the Green Mile recently. I enjoyed that. <laughs> you want to play the big black guy? Um, Just have the bugs come out of your mouth? No, I want to be like one of the good guards. You want to like, be Tom Hanks? Yeah, yeah. I love Tom Hanks so, so much. All right. Where are you going to be this weekend? I'll be at the Comedy Store, Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Benji Aflalo at the Comedy Store. Do you have anything else you want to plug? Anything you have coming out? Absolutely nothing. I'm literally not even on the internet right now promoting nothing. Just smoking weed at the house. Smoking weed, doing stand-up, working on some stuff with friends. All right. Well, there you have it. That's been uh, my first with Brady Matthews and Benji Aflalo. Thank you so much, guys. Find us on comedypopup.net. Take care. Uh, mahalo.